Hey, how are you doing? My name is Dean Dwyer, and you're listening to Unrecognizable. It's a show about what I believe to be the greatest skill. Actually, scratch that. Not a skill. I think it's a superpower. It's the greatest superpower that we can teach ourselves, which is how to change our worst behaviors so we become the the most remarkable version of ourselves. Apparently, that's a really hard word to say. Uh, And our transformation ends up being so profound that when we look back at our old selves, we do not recognize who we once were. And the way that I go about doing that on this show is that I'm going to share with you how I am thinking about things. And I want to put a disclaimer here. I'm not saying I'm some great thinker, but I, I will tell you that I have transformed specifically right now my body and I'm taking these lessons and applying them now to other areas of my life but I have created that transformation not based on what I'm doing but based on what I'm thinking and as a result of changing my thinking I am changing what I'm doing and that is ultimately changing the results that I'm generating in my life so I'm always going to share how I'm thinking about things I encourage you to listen to every show obviously with a grain of salt Take out anything that you think is useful, ignore the useless, um, but whatever you pull out, find a way to try and apply it to your life now so that you can ultimately become unrecognizable. Okay, so I will tell you, I have tried to record this episode about seven times and I keep messing it up. And I, the, the, what I've said in previous shows is that I keep all the mistakes in, but I messed it up so bad that I'm like, oh, I can't because I'm not going to edit anything out. Like I'm not going to go back and say, I got to pull this out. But it was just so bad that I'm like, OK, I, I, I'm going to have to start this again. So I think this is take seven. So the title for today's show, and again, keep in mind, I have my notes scribbled on a a sticky a sticky note right now. Now my process will evolve as I evolve with this. And this there's there's some lessons to be learned here about when we're teaching ourselves a new habit, right? One of the things I mentioned initially is that podcasting is a habit. It's a behavior that I can teach myself how to do just like I've taught myself how to show up every week and do my newsletter. I I think in the past the best I'd ever done is I might have done five or six newsletters in a row and then I vanished. Uh, This Sunday will be 70 weeks in a row that I've shown up now to do my my newsletter, which is, you know, I'm approaching, I'm getting close to a year and a half of, of keeping that commitment to myself and to you. I am now extending that into the podcast. I think this is week five. So I'm early in this. I just take it one week at a time. I'm not looking to be perfect. I'm just looking to improve the process every single day. And so at this point in time, I just look to to remove the friction. And if that means I put my, you know, my thoughts down on sticky notes right now, then that's what I do. And I said it will it will evolve over time and I'll get better at this, but I have to allow myself to be imperfect with this so that I can ultimately strive for perfection down the road, which of course I will never attain, but that's my goal is always to be perfect with this. So there we go. Now with all that said, uh, the name of today's show is The Secret to Remarkable Resilience. And I will tell you, I am remarkably resilient. I kid you, I am not. 
one of the things that I have humbly realized in my life, because I used to think when I was younger and I was a little bit naive, I thought like, ah, I'm pretty laid back dude. I don't get super stressed out about things. I really thought I was pretty resilient. Um, and then I had a few very minor things in my life in comparison to what other people have experienced. I've been very fortunate in terms of the fact that I haven't had to deal with any of some of the horrifying things that other people have had to deal with in their lives. But I remember even the first time um, girl that I was going out with, she broke up with me, didn't see it coming at all, and it crushed me. And in hindsight, I think part of the disappointment aside from being broken up with, which was heartbreaking in and of itself, was the disappointment of how fragile I saw myself being. And, you know, having to kind of come to grips with that of like, dude, you are not, and you kind of tuck that away, you know, in the dark recesses of your mind, you know, and you try to hide that from other people. But it's like, you are not, as you're not nearly, you're not even a tenth you know, as resilient as you think that you are. So one of the things on my journey is to, well, first of all, recognizing that we're not born with resilience. It's not something, we we don't come out as resilient babies. Uh, Babies, we come out as just big puddles of pee and poop. That's really all we are. You know, we, we have to learn everything, right? We have to learn discipline. We have to learn how to walk, like everything is a learned skill. Resilience is no different. So as I, one of the benefits of getting older is recognizing that this is a skill that I can actually teach myself and I can, I can be better at it. So one of the things I've done on my successful body journey is I have created a document for myself with what I believe to be the 10 most pivotable, pivotable, (laughs) Um, the 10 most important I had to change the word because I don't know what word I was trying to get to with that other one. Um, But the 10 most important mindsets. Pivotal. There we go. That was the word I wanted. Most pivotal. Pivotal. (laughs) Holy mackerel. That's all staying in. I'm not not doing this podcast episode again. This is staying in for your listening pleasure. Um, Anyhow. The 10 most important mindsets on my successful body journey. Now, again, I have tons of mindsets that I apply on a daily, uh, weekly, yearly basis. But the 10 that I feel are, are, are the most important. And one of them, and I've had this mindset for about a year now, was to be unbreakable. That's the way that I was thinking about resilience. And, and I really like the word unbreakable. Now, what what that meant to me was the idea, and so what I and by the way, you can you can download these ten mindsets if you want to see what mine are, um, and I'll put a link in this podcast episode so that you can get that if you want. And um, the way that I think about it, or the way that I do this, is I write down, I try to capture the mindset in a couple of words that mean something to me, that are memorable to me. And then I just put a little description of what it means. And for me, being unbreakable means or meant that um, I recover. It wasn't about not failing. That's that's I've recognized in this journey that failure should be a regular part of the process. That's actually how we learn. So my whole relationship with failure, I realized, had to change where I've spent my whole life trying to avoid it. It's like now I need to start embracing it and actively failing on a regular basis. My problem is not failure. 
when I struggle in life is because I failure, I failure, I fail to recover, right? And so that's the way I was thinking about being unbreakable. But I, I experienced something earlier this week. Uh, it was a, an email, and I'll tell you about that in a second, that made me realize that my thinking around this is actually flawed. So I'm going to jump to the inspiration that got me thinking about this, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk a little bit more about Unbreakable and, and sort of you know, what, it, what it kind of implies. But the, the article, sorry, the newsletter that I got that really sort of got me thinking about my own thinking was an article, newsletter, email by <laughs> Ryan Holiday. Uh, I'm subscribed to the Daily Stoic, and they send out they send out an email every single day. I don't read them every single day. It really depends on the title and whether it captures my attention or not. But I wanted to read the title to you for this one. The title was "No One Is Unbreakable," and I was like, "Ooh, interesting," because that goes against my mindset of be unbreakable. And I, just a short article, but. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me, so the Daily Stoic is all about Stoic philosophy. And there was this line that really stood out to me. He said, a Stoic isn't invincible. A Stoic is someone who puts themselves back together when they break. Now, I added the last two words, uh, they break, when they break. And I was like, wow, that is a fascinating way to think about this. And so what I ended up doing is I started reflecting on this mindset that I had created for myself because one of the things on this journey for me in order to be successful is I have to be willing to change my mind when new facts are presented. So I have to be willing to essentially say, I, I believe this, this new information just came in. So I realized that what I believed before is wrong, and I am now going to update it. So in other words, I, I need to be open to the idea that I'm right until I'm wrong. And I have to have the intellectual humility to be able to say, yeah, my idea or this idea uh, is no longer true, that this new information has come along. And this is actually a better idea. And the new mindset that I'm working on is, and I, I need to come up, uh, I'm just, the way that I sort of develop mindsets is the first thing I do, languaging is important. So I need to give it a name. And I kind of think of it as a draft, right? And just like this mindset manifesto that I have for myself, right? Be Unbreakable is always an organic document that I'm always working on. And if a better idea comes along, then I will update it. I will change it. So what what I've come up with right now is uh, the gold medal mindset. And the definition of the gold medal mindset is that the best idea must always win, even if it's an idea that's not my own, even if it's an idea that refutes one of my own original ideas. And what that is hopefully going to teach me to do is to not fall in love with my ideas because they're my ideas, right? Being being unbreakable is my idea. But after I 
contemplated on what Ryan wrote in that newsletter, it's like, that's actually, even though the gist of what I meant is correct, the wording is wrong because unbreakable is sending the wrong message, not only to me, but it also sends the wrong message to anybody else who sees this. Because in an ideal world, it'd be great to say, yes, I'm unbreakable. But that's kind of the Superman complex, right? Well, even Superman was breakable, right? Um, it, it's, it's, it sends the wrong message, that this idea that we never break. But that's actually not true, right? We do break. Um, and And throughout the course of our life, you know, we may have you know, any number of situations that we can point at, you know, where we have broken, right, where it has sort of crushed us and we've crumbled. And so the point is, is not to be unbreakable. The point is to be repairable. And that's the mindset that I am now. So I, I'm, I've updated my mindset from be unbreakable to be repairable. And so I just I just want to backtrack for a second though and, and tell you I just want to talk a little bit about unbreakable and why I've come to discover that that wording is incorrect. Language is so important on this journey. The language that I use to talk to myself about my mistakes, about my successes, the languaging is important. The languaging that I use when I'm creating mindsets are important. It has to because it's sending a message to my brain. And so I, I need to make sure that I'm capturing that accurately. And I realize that Unbreakable is sending a false message to me and to you if you're listening. Because we're not Unbreakable. And I just made a list of um, experiences. Essentially, you know, this idea, like we are breakable. We all experience devastating losses in our life and we will experience more of them you know over the course of our our lifetime right it could be the loss of a person it could be the loss of a job or a career uh, it could be an accident where there's a loss of a limb or a function um, you, you know whether it's 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 brain or physical it could be an experience right some sort of abuse that we've suffered it could be a betrayal it could be an addiction. It could be a diagnosis, a bankruptcy. It could be the loss of an identity as a result of, again, like I remember, you know, I, I mentioned again, this is so minor in comparison to what everybody else, you know, has gone through in life. But that was sort of my first big um, moment of crisis for me because I was in university. And, um, you know, just again, this recognizing sort of deep down without actually acknowledging it that I wasn't as strong as I thought that I was, right? And and that was such a humbling, well, I didn't even openly admit it to myself, but I did know that that was my reality looking back. And, and it really kind of wreaked havoc with my confidence and my, and my self-worth, right? Whether I chose to admit it or not is something completely different. But um, so the idea um, for me is that it's not about being unbreakable. I am going to break. You know, I mentioned on a previous podcast that I've had two bouts of anxiety in my life. And the most recent one was about three years ago, and, and, uh, three or four years ago now when it started. It was with my sleep. I started having issues with my sleep for the first time in my life. And I go to bed at 11, wake up at one, and I could not get back to sleep again until about four or five in the morning. And it started to mess with my head 
I, and I remember having this thought one, one night where I thought, what if it's always like this? And it created this panic, this anxiety. And then what ended up happening was I started literally being afraid to go to bed at night. I was like, oh, crap, I got to go to bed. And just dreading, again, waking up. And then I had a, an entire week where I'd wake up with a knot in my stomach. And I just had to get out of the house. So I went to a, I went to a 24-hour coffee shop. And I, for about four or five nights in a mornings, I guess in a row, from about 1 until 4 a.m. And let me tell you, some interesting people at a coffee shop between 1 and 4 a.m. But um, I, I eventually, you know, realized that I had to figure out a way to kind of deal with this. But again, it was another one of these moments where, you know, where I kind of I kind of broke and I had to figure out how to repair myself. And one of the things that I decided was that I wasn't going to run from the problem. And when I what I meant by run was I was not going to take sleeping pills. I wasn't going to resort to alcohol. I wasn't going to resort to anything that would dim my senses, um, would dim my life that would would. I'm not capturing this accurately, but that it would not, um, it wouldn't put a damper on life in general. That I, you know, I was going to figure out a way to to use my mind to deal with this, and I have, um, and I've, I've been able to kind of bring all that under control now. And you know, I think I've, I mentioned also in a previous podcast. For example, last night. I only woke up four times. Now, I know for some people, they're like, wow, that is four times more than I woke up last night. That was a good night for me. But I have learned how to be okay with that. That, you know, when I do wake up, I've got things now, you know, I, my, my mindset is get out of my head and into my hands. So I will, um, actually, I just started doing something last week that was interesting, is I've started every, the night before I always plan, uh, I log my foods, so I always, but I always know I I have the food log done for the the next day. I know what I'm eating, so I will wake up and I start preparing for that first meal. So I I will chop up the vegetables that I'm going to have, and I'll get my oatmeal ready. I let it soak overnight. You know, I I take the eggs out and put them into a bowl, and I've got those ready to go. Like I've got everything ready to go. But again, those that's how I've been able to kind of manage and navigate this. Anyhow, I, I got a little uh, a little sidetracked with that, but but the the realization was by when Ryan's post came in, as I realized that the way I was thinking about this was incorrect. That the that the goal is not to be unbreakable; the goal is to be repairable. And sorry, I'm just uh, my uh, <laughs> I dropped the phone as I was turning the page on my notes, so. And as I said, my my job with everything in life, my new way of thinking about this is I'm right until I'm proven wrong. And then I have to have the intellectual humility to say, yep, that idea doesn't work anymore. The best idea always has to win. So be repairable is about the idea that, well, I'll tell you specifically how I, um, uh, uh, the specific languaging that I've, that I've, I've, using in my uh, and you'll see this if you download it but it's to learn how to put myself back together when I break but better than before so my goal is not to not break I mean obviously I don't want to if I don't have to but but 
life is unpredictable. I have no idea. You know, we it's so easy to speculate on things and say, oh, if I was in that situation, here's what I would do. It's like, we have no idea. You know, we, we, we talk up this big story about who we think we are. But again, it's like this false notion. We don't know. We won't know until we're in it. So I know there are going to be other situations that are going to, um, you know, break me down into a, you know, just a, a, you know, a rubble, a rubbled mess, right? And my job is to figure out how to put the pieces back together again. It's also kind of like a little reverse Humpty Dumpty, right? Like, you know, not like those idiot king's men who couldn't put them back together. Like my job is to be able to take those pieces and put them back together. And here's the, but here's kind of the kicker with this, is to embrace the scars. Um, this is kind of inspired by it's, it's the Japanese art of kintsugi, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I, kintsugi. And I, I first saw this Marie Kondo uh, uh, talked about this and promotes a product around this. But it's the idea that when, for example, a bowl or a vase or something breaks, you put it back, like you fix it, you put it back together, but you use like a gold lacquer kind of glue. And so you're actually not trying to hide the scars, you're, you're, you're exposing them, but you're making them beautiful. And you're highlighting that as part of the piece. And I thought, that's, I, I need to humanize that. That's exactly what I need to do is that when I do break, so like again with the anxiety thing, is not hide from it, but is to, is to say, oh yeah, yeah, I definitely have suffered from that. But it's, it's better than it was before, right? So it, it's, you're kind of putting gold on it and you're showing people like, listen, this did break me, but now I have built myself back up so that I'm stronger than before. And so that's the whole... Uh, th- that's what I'm presently now sort of adopting with this. And I said, this is a day-by-day work in progress. But I realized that languaging is really, really important. My goal is not to be unbreakable because that's not realistic. It's not, it's, that's not life. The goal is to be repairable. So what is the takeaway for you? Well, I can't tell you the takeaway because I'm still turning my page. Um, so the let's go back to the question that I asked. What is the secret to resilience? I believe the secret to resilience is what I just said. It's about being repairable. It's not about looking to be unbreakable. It's about recognizing that, yes, I have broken in the past. And for some of you, this is a good opportunity to reflect on Areas of your life where you've broken that you have not yet repaired, right? Whether it was a relationship that ended. And again, when I say um, you haven't repaired it, is like, for example, if there was a, a relationship that ended not by your doing, but you're bitter, you're still bitter and angry about it, then you haven't repaired yourself in that area. You have to find a way to be. to, to accept the situation that happened and let go of the bitterness so you can, you can move on. I'll have to tell you a story one day if my my mom gives me the permission to tell this. It was about something from her childhood and her upbringing and how she completely let go of that in her 40s. It's a phenomenal story. My mom is a truly inspirational woman. 
Um, and every time I get her to tell me that story, I am amazed that she has been able to not only let it go, but like a lot of people say, like, for example, when you talk about forgiveness, there are lots of people that say, oh, I forgive you. <laughs> but it's like, no, you haven't because you're still angry, right? You're saying the words, but you, you don't, you don't feel it. You're not owning that. Like it is still, it is still with you. like that anger and bitterness. You still carry that. There's none of that in my mom. So if I'll have to ask her if she's okay with me telling that story at some point, but because it's phenomenal and I use it as inspiration moving forward. Anyhow, back to you. What's your takeaway? The secret to resilience is to be repairable, is learning how to pick yourself back up, put the pieces back together, but to be stronger than you were previously. And uh, one of the ways that you can do this is by reading stories about other people who you know have gone through horrific situations and how they've come out on the other side and they're stronger you know i think of a couple things that jump into my head as i'm saying that i think of malala you know who was shot in the face by the taliban as a result of you know her desire for women to have an education and she has come back stronger and is a you know is a world leader now in that movement I think of someone like Viktor Frankl who survived um, the horrors of of the Holocaust and you know wrote an amazing life-changing book called Man's Search for Meaning, right? And if and I, I think of that from time to time. It's like if someone in that situation something as horrific as that and they can come out of that on the other side and um and be better than they were previously, then there is hope for all of us that, that, you know, that we can take our darkest moments, put ourselves back together and be stronger than we were previously. That is it, my friend. Uh, if you enjoy the episode, if there is a son or a daughter or a child that you haven't acknowledged, that would, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Come on, Dean. Um, um, you know, there's somebody that you think would enjoy this, please share the episode with them. If you wouldn't mind, there's a little like button. You can like it too. If you want to leave a comment, if you want to ask questions, I will always respond to anybody that asks a question. Other than that, enjoy the rest of your day, my friend.